Hi, it's Andrea and Marianne, the Sister Tipsters. We're two moms, wives, and sisters juggling work, kids, and all the challenges life throws our way. We're here to encourage everyone to move their body for at least 10 minutes a day while learning tips for navigating life. Take the time to improve your health and grow your mind. Now let's get moving. Today, I am very excited to introduce what I believe is going to be a new series for us. I'm throwing it out there, Marianne, right from the get-go. I'm excited about this. And let me just give a little background. My new series for us is going to be safety tips. And so how this started is I was just starting to think about some things. And, um, you know, I always love our series, Did You Know? And this almost could fall into this, but I think it needs I think it needs its own thing. And so let me give a little background here of how I got excited about safety tips recently. So, um, you know, in, in my line of work, I talk with a lot of people and I have a lot of conversations and I always find people interesting and I like to pick their brains on things that they are experts at. So I happened to be in the presence of um, somebody who is a pilot, had had some time serving in the military and now does um, just like, you know, other kinds of flying, what do you call it? Com- not really commercial, not people, flying other things, cargo, cargo, there you cargo. go. Cargo. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Flying Ooh, our mail, was he flying our mail? Yes. <laughs> Car- not our mail, but, but cargo, <laughs> cargo planes. So anyway, point is an expert um, pilot. And I recently, there had been some, uh, you know, different issues with airplanes, let's say, and um, one with like a door coming off. So it started this whole conversation. So what I'm bringing to you guys is, I had picked his brain and said, like, give me some safety tips for air travel. So the first one that I want to throw out there is keep your seatbelt on whenever you're in the seat. Now, I'm sure we've all heard that, right? It's out. They say it to us. I'm pretty sure. And, you know, then they do take the seatbelt sign off sometimes on some flights. Sometimes they don't. But um, it seems kind of like a basic thing to me. And, and I definitely had a moment of like, oh, sure, why not? And so the pilot was saying, hey, I always keep my seatbelt on. He's like really snug and tight for takeoff and landing. You know, maybe I loosen it a little bit on the flight. But if I'm in that seat, it's not, it's on, it's on all the time. And I thought, oh, geez, that makes a lot of sense. And so we were looking at extreme cases of the door blows off and you're going to get sucked out of the plane. You know, you definitely want your seat on, but you're on a moving vehicle. So that was one of his big safety tips. Keep the seatbelt on. Um, another, I know. I, I actually feel like that was on my plane recently or something where they were like, we're going to turn off the seatbelt sign. But that doesn't mean you should take your seatbelt off. It just means you can <laughs> get up. So that is a good reminder how much we probably ignore what actually is said on the airplane. But keep it on. It's a moving vehicle. Right? I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. So another thing he said about um, plane safety was to really just, it is important to look at that safety brochure in the seat back. And in particular, he said, take notes of the exits. So every plane is set up a little bit differently. And, you know, unfortunately, if you're in an accident or, or, or there's an issue or you've got to get off of that plane an alternate way, you've got to know where those exits are and what your closest ones are. So he's just said, you know, do the visual, look at the, look at the chart, Look at it, look at the exit, take note of it. And then this one I found very interesting. Apparently, all the plane doors don't open the same. I don't know if you knew that, Marianne, but they don't. They don't all open the same. So um, I kind of guessed, well, they just, you turn like a latch and they open out, right? It seems like they should. Apparently, some of them open in. And good to know which ones open in and which ones open out. Because again, if you're all lining up to go out, you got to leave room for the one that opens in. So uh, again, just to, not to scare anyone, but... Let's, you know, let's just take take a moment 
to take note of the safety thing as with anywhere. I think you always should kind of know when you go into a place um, where the exits are, how, how you're getting out if you need to um, and where, you know, again, you might be doing it in the dark. You might be doing it quickly. You want to know that stuff. I know. I kind of joked about it before, but they do tell us this stuff on every plane and how many people kind of zone out or they turn on whatever they're listening to before the flight attendants are actually speaking. But um, I know years ago when I rode in um, an exit row for the first time, I was like, wait, I'm I'm responsible for this. I should actually read up and know about it. Um, so I felt like I was pretty good. I should know that. And I did not know that the doors open differently. But I've had my kids read those brochures too. Um, Cause you know, when they're little and they're like, what is the flight attendant doing? And it's new to them. And I was like, well, we've got to learn where are our exits, what do we do? You know, the, follow the lights and things like that. So that's a great reminder to all of us. Like we're being told this on a regular basis. If you fly on a regular basis, you're being told it on a regular basis. Do you actually listen? <laughs> and are you committing it to memory? Because it's, when you need it, you want it to be committed to memory. It's not like, oh, I'm going to pull out my brochure and figure it out. You have seconds to figure it out. So that was his point. And you're right. Like we do kind of get a little bit numb to it. And he's like, this stuff, when it when you need it, it's got to happen quickly. And so, I mean, that goes for oxygen masks. That's in the safety thing too. know where they are, kind of have the idea. And, you know, we've talked about this kind of in a different way of like, put your own oxygen mask on first, but we got it from here. So that is another airplane thing is you know, put it on first, you, you know, depending on the situation, you need it on quickly, and you need to be able to help others. So I hope I haven't scared people from flying on airplane. I I love to fly on an airplane. This won't stop me, but it's going to hopefully make me just a more educated and aware passenger. I know I, it might stop me, but uh, no, it won't stop me. But I <laughs> I don't love to fly. Um, so this is a, a good reminder for me, at least, Andrea, to to reread the brochure and make sure my kids know it and and everyone knows it because you do want it to be, you know, second nature as best as it can without going through that all the time. You you want to be able to react in an emergency. So what what else do you have for us? You said there's going to be a series. I want to know what other things you got for us in an emergency. <laughs> what are, what's our next all safety right. tip? So here's another one. Like again, this is like planning for situations I don't want to be, and that could yes. be the alternate topic of this is safety tips slash things I don't ever want to have to do, but I want to make sure I know. So, all right, you're in your car and a power line falls on your car. If you didn't already know this, stay in your car. You're safer there. And the reason you are is because you have tires and they're made of rubber, which grounds the car. So you're not going to get electrocuted even if you have live wires on your car, if you stay in it. Um, I think unfortunately, some people panic and make the mistake of getting out of the car quickly and trying to escape. And the truth is you should wait there until somebody can come and make sure that the power lines are no longer live and then exit your car. Yes. It's so actually this one I did know because unfortunately I think it happened years ago and was in the news. And I thought, well, how does that even make sense? I feel like it was always from the second I got my license, it was like, if something happens in the car, get out and get away from the car. Well, yes. If your car's on fire, there are certain situations, right? Where you need to get out of the car and get away from the car. Um, but this is one where you're right. It's not. And I think the word is like energized, like the car and the surrounding ground can be energized from that power line. And so, um, you don't want to get out of it. I, I think the one tip that I remember from that is that, um, if you need to get out of it, say like 
you know, you, you often a power line goes down and, and maybe it's raining or something like that. So even like the water, the ground around your car can be energized as well. And so if your car is on fire, then you probably need to put that on higher on the list of urgent situations than, um, than that power line. So um, jumping out with two feet, two feet, don't touch the car, literally jump out of the car. I'm not sure how you do that, but um, you know, Whatever you got to do to jump out without touching anything, that's the one tip I will say. Um, as we say all the time, we're giving you tips and, and clues here. Go go research it some more. Make sure that it's in your brain. But yeah, stay in the... This is one where I was surprised to learn. You stay in the car. You're safest in the car um, unless, obviously, another more more urgent situation arises. But um, I don't feel like that would be second nature to me. I feel like power line down, I'd think get out of the car. So that that's a good one. Put it in your brain somewhere in there, stored in there. Your car has rubber tires and uh, you're safest in it actually in that situation. Good one to know. All right, let's keep let's keep plugging along. I feel like I hope <laughs> you, you, you said you have a long about... list for us. <laughs> we got to keep I do. With I have it. a I have a lot of things that <laughs> I thought of. Um, I all right, here's again another situation I'd like to not be in, but when it happens, I want to know what to do. Um, if you end up with a grease fire, don't put it out with water or flour. I guess for a while, flour was thought to be it. And then I read that's also not the right thing. So just put a lid, a lid on it. If you can safely put a lid on it, you you take the oxygen away and stop fueling the fire or you use a fire extinguisher. And then of course, it's your sa- your regular fire safety stuff like, you know, call for help and get out of the house, get away from the fire. But um, that's a good one. And I think... Um, we could go a whole nother episode of what I have learned a little bit about fire extinguishers. There's lots of different kinds, but I think have a good general purpose one in your house and know where it is. Um, oh, yes, that's and- a, your extra safety tip here. Have it within reach of the kitchen. I think there are rules about how far and whatever. So research the, the rules in your local area, but make sure that it's there. Test it. Those things are only good for a year, a couple years, depending on what you have. But so that I'm going to add that little side fine print test your fire extinguishers, check them. I'm going to I'm going to be reminding myself when we're done with this episode to do that. But then I think actually once you use it, then you should like if you actually had to use it, well you have to yeah, you take it to a fire safety place and they like properly refill it and test it and the whole thing. So, um I think worth having around. Um oh, also, well I'll put this cuz you could use this like there are those um fire safety blankets too. That's like an old school, like chemical factory type thing. And, um, but that's another one to not a bad thing to have to know where it is. And you can use that to also put on fires. Um, I know I'm going to say, keep that lid, that pot lid. I don't know about you. I like nearby mine aren't stored together. They're stored in the same cabinet, but I often take it out. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not, I don't need the lid for anything, but maybe that should be second nature. Just when you pull out a pot or a pan, take the lid out too, because, it is like, I mean, we all go back to elementary school science of you cut the air supply, you cut the fire. So yeah, cap it. I like That's it. Great. All right. What else you got for us? Okay. Um, don't pull a knife or any other sharp object out of a puncture wound. So this is, I mean, I hope people, again, I don't want, I don't want to end up where the situation where there's a knife in my body, but even think about it like glass. Like broken glass, maybe that's one that's going to happen, um, you know, a little bit more of a chance of that one, like glass shatters and you end up with glass somewhere punctured into your body or a piece of glass. Don't pull it out. And and here's why. It's 
Once it's in there, you don't, first off, you could do damage pulling it out because you're not necessarily going to pull it out the same way it went in. So now you've damaged tissue coming out and possibly made it worse. But there's also the possibility that when it punctured and went in there, that it's occluding some vessels, blood vessels. And if you pull it out, you've now taken the pressure off the wound and you risk, um, you know, severe bleeding. So just leave it in there. If anything, they say, um, you know, you could secure it, like wrap a nice towel around it gently to kind of support the object and then go seek medical attention. This is, you are calling 911, you are going to the hospital, let, let be there in a surgical situation, let them remove it where they have all of the equipment and everything necessary um, if it does get worse. I love it. You knew this had to go to a safety that involved medical, right? Um, yes, how could it so, not? So I'm going to take this one step for, further without warning you of, um, so what if you're you just in the panic you rip it out? What are we doing? Oh, I mean you're applying if it's small, pressure. I mean wound. yeah, I, I'm going for a small manageable right. wound Any, here. <laughs> right. So small manageable wound, you possibly have done more damage on the way out and made it bigger, but you, then you're just applying pressure. Then okay. it's just like basic first aid: apply pressure and and get help. And if the pressure doesn't work and it's still bleeding, you know, then we're talking tourniquet, which basically is get okay. closer on wherever the spot is, get closer to your heart. So, you know, easier if it's on like a limb, um, get closer to where the limb comes, attaches to your body and something tight, use a belt, use a, um, a scarf, use a shoelace, whatever you have and make a tourniquet. So a tightened strap that occludes the blood supply there and then stops the wound. Oh, shoelace. You know, I love shoelace. Yeah. It's always got to go medical. I know you do. (laughs) You do love first aid. So do your kids. Um, But shoelace, that's a good one. I mean, how often Mm -hmm. we have shoelaces? You you say like cloth and it's like, oh, what do I have? But shoelace. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's a good takeaway. So I'm going to keep putting you on the spot. You got any other good safety tips for us on this round one of, I don't know how many you've got rounds of this safety tip episode you want? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here's here's my next one. And this one, unfortunately... Um, I'm going to make my mom proud, though. I, I had a lot of experience with this as a child. For whatever reason, I would choke a lot. I would choke, like, in many times. I just went through a little period of time where I was a choker. And so um, choking's not fun. And it's important to learn the Heimlich and different safety things there and how to identify, you know, the universal sign for for choking to, to grab your throat. Um, if you're truly choking, also know that you can't speak. Um, you can't even, like really cough. So here's the thing. What happens when you're choking alone? What happens when there's not somebody there to help you? We learn the Heimlich. You need a person to do the Heimlich on you. Okay. So first off, if you can force yourself to cough, you should start coughing. You should try to force it out that way. But if you're choking and you're alone, call 911 first while you can, and then you're going to do the Heimlich on yourself. And this I've thought about a lot because again, I choked a lot. So this was one that was always as a kid on the forefront. But, um, a chair works really well. So what you would do is you would stand behind a chair and you would throw yourself over the chair to basically do the Heimlich on yourself. So, I mean, you can listen, you could do your fist and maybe you're strong enough and you can do a Heimlich on yourself up and in, but if not, you're using furniture. And so a chair is great. A couch is, you know, are you tall enough? Do you have to step on something to get over it to the right height? But you're basically going to do the Heimlich maneuver on yourself. Um, So that's a good one to think about. Yeah. Who knew that choking yeah. was a family thing? I don't know if you remember. Our mom, our mom, unfortunately, has had to do the Heimlich on 
a, a good number of people in our house. Um, she did it on me. I used to choke all the time. Every time I was pregnant, I would legitimately choke. And you hear it all the time when you're learning about it, that they're like, if somebody's coughing, don't do the Heimlich on them. Like they're not actually choking. They feel like they are, but they're not. And when you choke, you literally have no air, no sound, nothing. Yeah. And until I actually went through it and I thought, I can't, I'm waving my arms because I can't make a single sound. And it's like, then you realize, okay, this is this is actually what it is. But I, I think like a good reminder, what I thought, thankfully I've done every time I've choked, which unfortunately has been a lot, um, has always been with people. But I, I mean, I did it at work and had to stand up and wave to people. And it's like that idea of how you forcefully cough, you like throw your body forward kind of. I, I always use that to remind myself of like, okay, that's where like it should be the reminder to get a chair or something you can throw your body over because you're like almost trying to mimic that forceful cough of like your, you know, your your stomach, your midsection, like kind of curling over. I don't know how to describe that best. But um, so that's, I think I, that's always been a good reminder to me of like, okay, I need a chair or something and throw my body over to, to kind of do that same motion with your body. But um, all right. I, I think that's a great one for our family to, to end on. Maybe we'll save the rest of your list for our next episode. Yeah. And I just want to, I, I just want to put out there again, you know, we're excited to share the safety tips. We hope nobody needs to use them. We are certainly not safety experts. I mean, I, I have a lot of experience um, and training in first aid, CPR, those kinds of basic life-saving skills, and then obviously um, my health background as well. But you know, I'm I'm not a safety expert on all of these. Um, unfortunately, Marianne, neither are you. No. We are happy to share. We know, but if there's people out there who you have a tip or a correction on something we've said or an additional thing, we would love to hear it. I feel like the biggest thing is to share the safety knowledge. Um, it, it's better to know and never need to use it, but have it somewhere tucked away in that brain um, for that that time when you might need it. So just yes. happy to share with everybody and then looking for everybody else to share with us too. Yes, we're going to say sistertipsters at gmail.com. You can send any of those over to us. And it, it is like we kind of say all the time with like, our podcast of like, it's a life raft. Like we want to give you the idea. We want to tell you there are these topics out there to, to think about or um, something you should be aware of, but like go research it more. If it intrigues you or you think it's going to pertain to your life, research it more, get all the details, become an expert on it. Um, because we certainly aren't. And I think a lot of people aren't out there, you know, out there aren't experts either. And so we all need to research it more. So sister tipsters at gmail.com if you got anything else for us. But for now, we're going to say thanks for joining us on this episode of the Sister Tipsters podcast with your hosts, Andrea and Marianne. As always, if you like what you hear, drop us a comment, a like, a positive review, share this podcast with two friends, but at a minimum, come back and join us for another episode of the Sister Tipsters next week.